Game Network presents Planet Side Off the Record. Size really does matter. Hi everybody, welcome back to Planetside Off the Record, episode number four. I am Joe the Widget Wilson, your lead host for this podcast, and joining me as always is the writer who forgot to write the podcast today, Mr. Mike Forney. Yeah, it was a busy week at work, and then I went to the <laughs> beach yesterday, so sue me. Well, no, really don't, I don't have any money, me, I'm so. So, I don't, I'm broke, <laughs> don't sue me please. <laughs> Why would I sue my best friend, that'd be kind of counterproductive. True. And joining us as always is, a thir- is the next... Man in line, Mr. Keth Gaming. Yay, I'm here. And I've got exciting news, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, you do. Okay. And last but certainly not least, Mr. Derek Arjun McClure. Hey, everybody. You can hear me this week. <laughs> He's got a new microphone. So much better. All right. I can actually understand him now. <laughs> I'm having a hard time understanding them now. I don't understand. <laughs> uh, Keth, do you want to go over our sponsor really quick, please? Absolutely. We are brought to you by Tweaked Audio. For the best quality earbuds in town and state and national and bunch of other places, too, uh, go to tweakedaudio.com. Use the code off the record. That's off the record, all one word. Get 30% off at checkout. These things come with a lifetime warranty. They've got great uh, customer service. All you got to do is call them up and say my dog ate them, and they'll actually hook you up. It's amazing. Those guys are great over there. Remember, off the record at checkout for 30% off. All right. Today is also brought to you guys by HobbitDay.MiddleEarth.com. Hobbit Day is the 75th anniversary of The Hobbit coming to you September 22nd. So go to HobbitDay.MiddleEarth.com. And get ready for it. It's going to start at 3 p.m. that day, Eastern Time, and go all the way up till 10 p.m. Eastern Time. And there's going to even be actors from the movies going to be doing reading passages from The Hobbit, amongst other awesome goodies. Is it going to be the guy with the long gray hair? Ian McKellen? Sure. Yeah, he plays as Gandalf. No, I was talking about the other guy. Oh, the other guy? Okay. The, The guy with the bow. Oh, no. Orlando Bloom. Orlando Bloom. I have no. a confession to make. I have never read or seen the movies. All right, kicking from the. Oh, I was past. getting ready to. I had it right on. <laughs> <laughs> I I read The Hobbit and I read like the first couple chapters of the first whatever Return of the King or whatever it is, and it, I'm sorry, I just can't get into them. Don't worry, I haven't seen them either. It's like three books right, about I'm walking. To make you feel better. <laughs> Mike, I was gonna say, uh, <laughs> you and I were standing in line for eleven hours to see yeah, eleven hours just, worth of uh, movies. I was just trying to make him feel better. Fair enough. All right, so our little uh, experiences in game this week. But first, Keth, 
What was your week like? My week was getting told by my boss that I have a beta code now. And so I spent all of yesterday downloading that and literally went to log in before the show going, at least I'll get some sort of experience, only to find out the servers were down. <laughs> no, worse timing. I want to get but the they're game supposed so to be up in like a half an hour, so we need to burn through this show because I'm really excited. <laughs> so, like literally in 47 in minutes, speed. we are done. <laughs> this show's in warp speed today, guys. <laughs> Alright, so before we do this, we're going to talk about the. So, Kath, next week we'll have some kind of uh, in-game experience to talk about. I I had a pretty epic experience in-game this week. I had a full squad of 12 people, um, made up of about 7 people from QGN and some other random stragglers that came in. <clears throat> and I gotta say that I had a hero that entire night, and that was Swedgen. He went uh, he went engineer, as I was a um, max suit. So he was constantly refilling my ammo and healing me throughout the entire fighting. So my record for kill and death was astonishing. I think I wound up being like 21 and 6 deaths or 7 deaths, something like that. All thanks to him keeping backing me up. So, Swedgen, it goes out to you, man. You were my hero. And, uh, just, I was, my kill to death ratio was horrible until the last couple of weeks, where I was like maybe a .3. I'm now up to a .8. So I've been climbing rapidly overall in the kills of deaths. Every time I've been on the last week has been more kills than deaths. But that might change now. We'll get into that in a little bit, though. And then um, I had to record a lot of in-game video for a special little uh, video that we're doing for uh, Hobbit Days. So you got to go to Hobbit Days to see it. Check it out. Mike, what was your week like, man? Well, I only really got to play last Thursday after the show. It's been too busy for me, but... uh. It was fun until I started running into some massive bugs. <laughs> well, it is beta. Yeah, yeah. I was I had joined up with a squad and we were we were capping these base and we were doing pretty good. I was actually killing a lot of people for once and not dying as much, which is the first. Unlike Joe, my re- my kill death ratio is like point two right now. I think. <laughs> well, that's, that's actually normal. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but we were doing good. We were. Uh, I was. Mostly heavy assault, but every so often I'd jump in my tank. But then at one time I died, respawned under the galaxy, fell through the earth for about five minutes, died, and then could not respawn anywhere but at the uh, warp gate for like the next 40 minutes. Yeah. So it pretty much ended my playtime. After that, I had to go get the kids and actually, you know, do constructive stuff. <laughs> Plants I2 is constructive. I spend yeah, every yeah. <laughs> every moment I can in that game. It's just the, it's the epic value of it. It's crazy. I was on a Sunderer with two other with another person in the in the driver, and we were out and about just gunning everything. And the uh, driver had the first gun set up to be a grenade launcher, and mine was just an anti ground unit machine gun. I was in the second gun, and we were just going around just mowing through everything. Some of the uh, video I used, the footage I used for the Planet Side Off the Record video for Hobbit Days was from that Sunderer. I took down two or three different Reavers with it, just the machine gun that were coming at us. I killed six or seven ground units at least, or more. Took out two max units. We took out a tank, two tanks while going and capping six bases all the way up to the TR doorstep. Nice. Nice. <clears throat> it was nuts. Well, I'll be playing today after the show, so... Yeah, as long as the servers are up. 
I've noticed a lot though that the at night the venue have been losing a lot of ground to where I've seen it once or twice where they was practically at our doorstep completely, you know, locking us out. But in the day, we own most of it. It's weird. I guess it's just that time of day thing, you know? But I honestly like being the underdogs. It's like Derek said, it's a lot more intense when I talked to him about it the other day. More to do. Oh, yeah. When, uh, when I was in that battle where we were just completely just losing base after base, I was, I was having the most fun I've ever had. I think that was kind of weird. <laughs> it's just a more intense experience. Yes. I, I can't tell you how much fun I've had having dual um, flamethrowers on my max unit, just trying to hold one little base. Those flamethrowers are deadly. That's why they're so expensive for a max unit. Way too expensive, but they're fun. Anyway, Derek, what was your week like? My week was uh, very nice. Uh, continued my uh, uh, rampage across the map in my max suit. I'm glad I was able to get a lot of playtime in this week, and we'll get into that later. Uh, but uh, yeah, I got my kill-death ratio up to 0.5, so that's pretty good. And um, I don't know, just been enjoying myself. They added a new feature in the game. If you press down tab, it gives you your play stats for the day. I know a lot of it's not working, but it's been extremely helpful in determining your kill or death. And there was something else that was another stat that was really useful. I was going to talk about it, but I completely spaced it. Oh, well, no importance. Anyway, yeah, oh, yeah, that, yeah, that, overall ranking. Oh, yes. Yeah, I felt really good because, you know, at, at the end of the day, I look and I was like, you're ranked, uh, you know, number 3,000 or something. I'm like, okay, I suck. But then one day, somehow I end up getting two medals. And one day, I have no idea for what. I mean, I was on fire. And when I was finished ranking, I was 78. Nice. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this will never happen again. That night that uh, I was with uh, Swedgen and the other crew, mm-hmm. I'm I got to tell you, <clears throat> I did a live stream with this, okay? This is an interesting story. Moving20, who is a fan of the network, decided to be different. And instead of join us, he made a TR character. And purposely, and he named it, get this, Widget Killer. <laughs> and he was using the live stream to find us and specifically try to hunt me down. That sounds like something I would do. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. I wound up killing him several times. I think he got me twice with a tank as he was running me over and only me. That's pretty dirty. Punk. That I, I never even would have thought about yeah, that. Now i got to figure did. out how to uh, get the live stream and the beta going at the same time. <laughs> so I can watch you and do exactly that. <laughs> no. Well, you'll die. You'll you'll die. Come get me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not too bad. I mean, that night I was ranked 58th overall out of uh, 4,000 that we're on. So it was pretty fun. I mean, I had a blast doing Good. it. All right, guys. So we have a lot of news in Planetside to cover. And the first thing I want to go over was Alpha Squad. Mike brought this to my attention. And I went and got it right away. Mike, what's Alpha Squad? Uh, they announced it right after the show, actually, last week. It was kind of funny. Um, Alpha Squad is uh, basically a way for <laughs> the devs to get money for the game, but... Uh, it's thirty nine ninety nine to sign up. You get instant beta access. So for those of you waiting for open beta, if you want to pay the forty bucks, you can get in now. You get four thousand in station cash, which is a forty dollar value. So your money is back there. You get each faction gets an exclusive permanent matching ammo or camo <laughs> for vehicles, armor, weapon skins. 
You also get a decal that will uh, you can put on like your armor or your vehicle that will show that you are an Alpha Squad member. You get a title, Founder. You'll get six months of 10% XP and resource boost. That's and a you'll, big yeah, thing right there. That's massive. And then you'll also get 12 weapon unlocks. You'll actually get um, one assault rifle, one carbine, one long machine gun, and one sniper rifle for each faction. Light machine gun. Light machine gun, sorry. So basically you get a weapon for your light infantry, heavy, engineer, and medic. And, and huh? Yeah, and the uh, infiltrator. Infiltrator. Wait, that's medic and engineer of the same one. That's right, medic and engineer of the same one. That's correct. I knew it was off somewhere. <laughs> so one for each faction, which is so it's awesome. actually a really really good deal. Like I said, just the four thousand on station cash alone makes it worth it. So, well then you add in the six months of ten percent XP and resource boost. Oh heck yep. yes, <laughs> that's what I'm looking at. I'll yeah, take I, it. <laughs> I bought it instantly, and then I called Joe up. You know, like two seconds later. And then two seconds after that, I, I bought it too. Yeah, so <laughs> which resulted in getting Kath his his uh, beta key code. It, it was yeah, funny, yeah, and now I'm really tempted to get it also. <laughs> it was it's funny. We were, it. I was, uh, they posted a Facebook post on it, and <laughs> underneath it, some guy commented, he's all, you know, in the first 10 minutes, we have probably bought all the guys at uh, for Planetside vacation packages. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> this is one of the smartest things I could have done, was this. Because mm-hmm. there's a ton of people that, for one... They look at the instant beta and they're like, oh, I got to get it. And they don't see anything else. But then they realize that everything else they're getting. I have 9,000 station cash saved up because I am like planning what weapons I'm going to buy off the bat and then which ones I'm going to buy with Araxium in game and so on and so forth. This can give once me a nice little. how much they cost. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. How much they cost. I might be like buying two or three weapons, but I'm going to try to get my max and my uh, anti air, my bursters. Yeah, it's one of the, one of the first things I'm going to get. Plus, uh, I have thirteen thousand saved up right now. But nice. the rumor that there is, which isn't confirmed, is that station cash is going for equal amounts of uh, what the resources are in game. Mm. So if that's the case, I'm only getting one thing. That's expensive. So that, we'll see. Way too much. Like I said, that's just rumor. Hopefully, it won't be that way. There is no, you know. I hope they haven't announced it anything on it. So. Yeah, that, that can't be right because yeah. there's some things at like five thousand or fifteen thousand. No one's gonna pay fifteen dollars for a weapon. Yeah, I know. The flamethrower for the max suit is twenty five thousand. I mean, yeah. it's two hundred fifty dollars for one. No. Right. Thousand. It's one hundred dollar. It's one hundred station cash per dollar. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, twenty five thousand. That's that, two hundred fifty dollars. That can't be correct. There's yeah. No way I'm paying five hundred dollars right. <laughs> for two of them. Yeah, that's not possible. I think that would be the biggest mistake Sony could ever make by doing that. Yeah, I don't think they were. Like I said, that's just rumors floating around the forums. And I'm stuff. I'm kind of expecting around maybe five hundred to a thousand at the most station cash per weapon, depending on the weapon. Yeah, I really wouldn't expect to go anything above that. The most expensive <laughs> and best weapons I figure will probably go around like eight nine dollars. Yeah, which is like top of the line is how much they should go for, equivalently of eight nine dollars. So, and the way this this works is you can either buy it with real money, but like somebody like me who doesn't like to spend real money on in-game items will be able to unlock it. It's just going to take time, right? Yes, exactly. Correct. Yeah, yeah. because uh, all the bonus weapons for vehicles, for your um, ground units, all that you could that you could buy you can either they have a, a raxium value, 
and the station cash value. So the Raxium is what you earn and gain the resource. It just takes time. Like, I've been saving up for uh, my Hellfire missiles, which is the most expensive thing for aircraft, for my Scythe. And they're 15,000. And I've got 9,000 right now after a week and a half. Almost two weeks. Okay. So, I mean, I could easily, in three weeks, just, you know, be able to buy that for myself. It's not a big deal. But with, like, the whole, with the Alpha Squad, like, 4,000 station cash, that's 40 bucks right there you can spend on the market. No big deal. Plus, you get all the boosts and the XP, you know, the XP and resource boosts. So, it pays for itself easily and then some. Yeah, it's pretty much think of it's cheaper than buying a game. Oh, hell yeah. You're not really going to have to buy this game anyways, so you might as well invest in it. Yeah, I've got a couple games that I want to buy. Everybody that I've talked to is trying to get me into Guild Wars 2. And then there's another first-person shooter coming out on the 18th that I'm fairly excited for. Yeah, I already got it (sighs) pre-ordered. Wait until you get into uh, Planetside, Kath, and you'll you'll think uh, Guild Wars what? Yeah. Well, and then see, and that's what I'm afraid of. Like, I realize that Guild Wars is a, you know, you buy the game and then you're in, you know, that's then it. And they have a free-to-play market in there as well. It's, ugh. You know, but but at least it's not like I'm going to be paying $15 for these games every month, you know, like I was with a certain MMO. Right. And, uh, but I'm just afraid that, like, I'll try to have to divide my time. And, like, right now I'm really excited for Planet Side. I really want to focus on it. And I don't want to be like, oh, well, the guild needs me on Guild so I think at the moment I'm going to stick to Planet Side and focus on getting an Araxium and all that good stuff. You won't get bored doing that either. Oh, <laughs> uh, I've been watching. Decision. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say your decision is going to be a lot easier to make uh, after you get in there a couple hours. Yeah, I know. I've been watching a lot of gameplay uh, footage for the Infiltrator, and oh, I am excited because <laughs> it's exactly... Like the the gameplay that I'm watching is exactly how I want to play that class, and like exactly what I'm planning with that class. So, yeah, bring it on. We need some good infiltrators for our squad. Uh, we were had a situation the other night where we were on a, a rock face mountain, like a, a steep rock mountain, and across this deep deep gully on the other side was a base that was controlled by the NC, and they had a uh, jump pads which will launch you to one side or the other without getting hurt. And we were controlling this rock, trying to, you know, move on into the NC base, and they were controlling the base, trying to get into the rock. So we had this constant fighting back and forth. If we would have had some really good infiltrators that were able to pick them off, it would have made things so much easier. But we were fighting at night, so the infiltrators would have had to have a night scope to make it effective. Yeah, well, like I said, that's my plan, infiltrator slash medic. I think that's the other class I'll probably play. Nice, you're gonna be a valuable tool. <laughs> that don't you dare call me a tool. <laughs> I will do the the whole live stream own you thing. Don't right. don't tempt me. The Planet Side Two beta client is in the process of being updated, and play players may notice the following changes. Derek, yes. Would you like to uh, come over? Go over some of these changes. Sure. Uh, commander certifications, uh, they're now available. There's something that's been locked out. Uh, I guess this is for, uh, squad leaders. Is Mm -hmm. that what that's for? Yeah. And, uh, the one that makes me cry, uh, players may no longer spawn or respawn 
uh, and a max unit. Hold the phone right there. Yeah. So that basically means you can no longer choose the max class when you are respawning or spawning into the game. It is now being treated as a vehicle. However, you use the equipment terminal instead of a vehicle terminal. Exactly. So I believe Mike said that you said they're going to be charging resources to spawn into a max suit? Yes, they said that they were going to charge. It's going to be something not very expensive, but they are going to be charging some resources, and there will be a cooldown on it. So it's pretty much being treated just like an actual vehicle. In some ways, this makes a lot of sense to me, because max suits, when played right, can be extremely powerful. Yes. More powerful than some tanks, even, and some vehicles. I've taken down galaxies one-on-one with my max suit. Oh, yeah, I've done the same with just one burster. So, so yeah, suit, they're, they're pretty yeah, overpowered. Yeah, they're one of the, mo- the most deadly you know, things you could play in the game. Um, but So this kind of makes sense to me. It makes sense to me, actually, in a big way. What do you guys think? I think it makes sense. Like, a max suit, to me, sounds like a vehicle anyways. It should be treated as such. Yeah. It was always overpowered, in my opinion, anyways, and for just being able to respawn in it was ridiculous, so I like it. You know, that's like being able to respawn in a tank. If you can't do that, then why should I be able to respawn in a bipedal tank? Like, <laughs> Good point. <laughs> I'm not upset about this. I'm sorry. Like, maybe I would be if I'd actually played around and done it, but like, it, it, it seems like a vehicle anyway, and if all the other vehicles have these limitations, then so should this. It also makes a. It also has a different element of strategy for me. I, I, I th- that's how I think. I always think on the strategy element when I'm in the game, and when you take out the ability to spawn into a max unit, it makes it. You have to use a lot more strategy, especially when you're trying to take over an occupied base that has spawners, because your people may not have the ability to be in max suits, but they do. So you have to take a different yep. strategy and different approach to how you approach that base. Not just send in four or five max units to clear them out, and then everyone else roll in. Well, you know, there was a situation yesterday where we were taking um, one of the, uh, you know, the, the arbor areas, what are those things called? The has plants in it. Oh, wow. yeah, the biome. Biomes, yeah. Um, I mean, we had taken over everything in there, and we were just trying to get the last point in there, and we could not because there were like 20 max suits just constantly just overturning. So, I mean, we kill five. Well, by the time we get another five, those five are back. So I can see, you know, why, like that situation, it was like that was impossible. I mean, we had like 30 people shooting them, and we still couldn't reach. Yeah, that's So crazy. it makes sense. It's just, you know, I'm sure they'll have it in the, in the certifications where you can get the cooldown down, you know, down. So you're like, uh, so you're like specializing in it, mm-hmm. and that'll make sense. But, I mean, if it's like 30-minute cooldown, that's not going to be cool. One thing I noticed really quick is that they did change implants to where now they have level requirements on them. Oh. You have battle rank requirements now. So the first five, six battle ranks, you only have access to one or maybe two. Uh, You can't get the vehicle ones. You have to... I'm battle rank six, and I can get one for now, I believe, the ATV (laughs) to turn its its spawner down. So they, uh, they changed that. I noticed that last time I was in game. Okay. Ah, interesting. The next thing on our list, Eric? Equipment terminals will no longer heal players when used. That is a game changer as well. I don't know what to do now. Because that's what I did. Yeah, me too. 
I mean, I would go out. I would, I'd walk out, run and gun, turn right back around, come back in and. And, uh, see, I never did it before. I always carried a med pack or something on me, so it really this, doesn't change anything. Yeah, see, and, huh? and that sounds like an exploit anyway. Like you shouldn't be able to stand by an equipment turn on, terminal, get shot, click on it, click off, then shoot, then click on it, click off. That that sounds like cheating. Yeah, I can agree with you. And when I first learned to do that, I can I, I kind of already had it in my head that they're going to be changing this because it is kind of an overpowered situation. It makes it again very, very hard to cap that little base when you have yeah. people all the way crowded in there, constantly gunning, switching out, going to the to the um, terminal, resupplying, which is automatically rehealing them, which also gets rid of the need for engineers and medics. This is going to increase the need for medics and engineers. Yep, I agree. I don't know. I, it all makes sense, but I just feel like you know, someone just took away my big bowl of ice cream and put broccoli in front of me. <laughs> so I know it's good. <laughs> In the long run, but it makes me sad. That's a good way to put it. Warp gate, lo- warp gate locations have been moved again. <laughs> what are we going to wind up this time? I um, think we're on the TR side now. I it's believe. Like the, it's like Russian roulette. You never know what's going to come out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited about this one. Resource yeah, rewards we'll have slightly been adjusted. I don't know if they adjusted him up or down. Uh, hopefully down. No, wait, wait. Or up. You know what? I'm going to want to talk about that in like our noob corner for me. What, resources? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, a number of map enhancements have been made. And again, that's very vague. We don't know what kind of map enhancements yet. I believe this patch is all for today, isn't it? Okay, yeah, we'll know more about tonight when we get in the game. Well, no matter what it is, it's it's welcomed because that map drives me crazy. It can be tough at times. There's a bug with it. If you're in a gunner seat in a vehicle, you can't go into in, if you're in first person, as in inside the vehicle, especially as a driver, you can't mm-hmm. use the map. It'll your cursor will disappear on you. So you have to either leave the vehicle or turn it to third person. Yeah, they, I think they said they were fixing that though. I believe I read that somewhere. Vehicles that are locked to squad and platoon only will now allow platoon members to enter. I didn't even know you could lock a vehicle. I didn't either. I gotta figure out how. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, you're always gonna get that one griefer that just gets in and like hangs out. So oh, yeah. that, that's kind of cool that you can be like, nope, this is for our guys that actually know what they're doing or whatever, you know. Because I would get, even Derek saw it, when we would do liberators, I'd fly a liberator, I would hover. Above the ground until like Derek and Bowbender or De- Derek and Daniel were underneath me, and then I would land and let them get in, and then we take off. Yeah, and usually he lands on top of me and kills me. So by the time I run back, <laughs> somebody's like come up and like took my spot. So yeah, this is this is really good. And in the classes, the max will no longer be available for respawn, like we said. Um, again, for access to. An equipment terminal. Vehicles, the Mag Rider's tune speed and strafe has been adjusted. I'm assuming that this turn speed. But anyway, people have complained about the Mag Riders being too deadly with their strafe and, and how fast they can turn and move. So I believe they've actually nerfed that a little bit. Boo! Hooray. <laughs> hey, wait, wait, wait. We're Vanu. Mag Riders are ours. Uh, yeah, Mag Riders, uh, I'm tired of them running over me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just because the person is an idiot, not huh? Well, I have never run over one person yet in my Mag Rider. Give me like 
20 minutes and I will be able to say that I've ran somebody over with it. Yep. Yeah, right, see, fair enough. I'm really good at driving those things. I love the strafe feature. It allows me not to run people over. So if they turn that down, now I'm probably going to start running people over. <laughs> All right, they did some uh, item changes. The spawn beacon cost has been adjusted to 100 alloys. Um, I don't m- remember what it was prior. I think it was 25 or 20. Oh, wait, no, that was my personal beacon. No, wait, that was something entirely different. Personal beacons don't even cost you anything. Never mind. Uh, med kit costs have been adjusted to 150 catalysts. Again, not I don't ever play a medic, so I'm not really sure if that's a, a buff or a decrease. Uh, re- restoration kit cost has been adjusted to 75 catalysts. I never used them. Mike, do you know how much they cost? or? Um, When I was buying them, I think... I think they were around 50, but I'm not sure. I had so many resources, I just like, you know, clicked the button like 10 times and then ran to go kill somebody. Gotcha. Way <laughs> more. Siphon Bomb, Bouncing Betty costs have been adjusted to 75 polymers. <laughs> Bouncing Bettys are in the game? I didn't know that. That's awesome. That's epic. Uh, C4 cost has been adjusted to 100. I know that's increased. C4 are just deadly, though. You can take out a max suit with one of those. Uh, sticky grenade cost has been adjusted to 100 alloys. Frag grenade cost has been adjusted to 45. That's a decrease from 50. Uh, players can now deploy as many explosives as they can equip. What does that really mean? Like, does that mean I have three and what I can only like throw one at a time or something? I think that's that to oh. me sounds like specifically for like claymores and C4. Like you probably right. could only place one block of C4 no, and then detonate. There's it. um there's cert points in the different infantry trees that allow you to carry like one more grenade. Mm-hmm. That allows the option to carry one more grenade, and you can put like three or four points into it, or you know, levels. Right. So I'm assuming that you know you get max level, you can carry five grenades, and now it's saying that you can throw with five grenades if you have five grenades. Or okay. as before, from what I remember, is if I'd have a grenade on me and I'd hit the button to throw a grenade, I'd throw it, but I could only throw one grenade, even if I had more than one equipped. I think yeah, that's has most okay. to do with so, like the uh, deployable bombs, like the bouncing Betty, the claymore, C four. Like you could actually deploy them more than just one at a time. Hmm. So what I was saying is, players can now deploy as many explosives as they can equip. So if you can equip three, you can deploy three of them. So big, big boom. <laughs> That tank goes bye-bye. Uh, C4 is a tank killer. Certifications. Infrared night vision certifications can now, are now available on vehicle weapons. That is sexy. Uh, commander certifications allow the use of command com- channels. <laughs> Yay. Certifications for the heal and repair tools have been added. Any comments, gentlemen? Awesome. I always yep. like more certs. Yeah, I think we're getting a character wipe today, if I'm not mistaken. I think we have to. Yeah, which is okay. I mean, that's part of beta. You're going to get a character wipe regardless. I made battle rank 6. Yay. Good, maybe I can get my death, my uh, kill-death ratio better than point two. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was on a roll. It just The nice thing about beta is it allows you, even with all the wipes, to figure out what you want to do when the game goes live. So which, that's a great thing, because... I just figured out what I wanted to do. But then they took it away from me. So I'm starting all over. Yeah. There you go. Uh, in the world, a new conglomerate warp gate is now located in the eastern portion of the map, which would be where the Venu were. The terrain are in the northern portion, which were the NC were. 
and the Venue are now located in the southern portion of the map where the TR used to be. So they just did like a clockwise shift there. Um, now, now every faction has been in every spot. Paris capture mechanics have been updated. I'm not sure what that means. Players should now see enemy units more clearly on the mini-map. On the interface, a toggle for the continent map is now available that will show a coordinate-based grid which can be used to coordinate movements. That makes sense. Yes. A center-on-me toggle has been added to the upper left corner of the map. Allows Arrows around this toggle will allow the map to pan. Um, So it basically centers on you. That's cool. Facility names now appear on the continent map if the facility toggle is on. Good. About time. That's what I'm talking about, yes. That's awesome. The continent map will now save your position and zoom level when you close the interface. (laughs) Yay. Even better. (laughs) An An activity indicator has been added to the region information panel. As you mouse over the regions with a territory control toggle on, you can see value listed for how busy that region is. Hotspot indicators should more accurately drop players in the location they are requesting. Yes! That would be nice. Yes! I can finally go where I want to go instead of on the other side of the map. <laughs> oh, that would frustrate me. I like, I'm going to drop right in that red, and I'll fly down, and I'm ready to go. I hit the ground running, and I walk out, and there's no one around. <laughs> You're out in the middle of nowhere. Like I'm like, I'm at the wrong party. <laughs> that happens to me every time. I had the worst luck with that bug. I hit it like every time. Mm-hmm. Solidifying spawning logistics. This is where things get a little interesting. Uh, they changed how galaxies now spawn, or are now able to spawn, and they gave Sunderers the ability to do spawns as well. Um, but they made it less they made it a lot harder to get those to spawn. Mike, you want to talk about this a little bit? Yeah, they for the galaxy spawn, they pretty much they took it out. They have it for certification points now, way down the certification tree. Um, basically, they said that they want this to be for galaxy pilots, people that are predominantly going and being galaxy. So they got to invest a lot of cert points to be able to get the respawn for the galaxy. You're not just going to be able to, you know, Joe Schmo ain't going to be able to go spawn a galaxy and go drop it and use it as a mobile spawn point. Um, they did also add it for the Sunderer, which uh, is going to be for cert points also. However, they said it's going to be really cheap and pretty much everybody will be able to buy it. So I'm assuming maybe like 10, 20 points max. That would be so nice. The main spawn vehicle now and is what they're wanting to do is going to be the Sunderer. So you're going to see, so galaxies for the most part of right now are going to be primarily squad and outfit use only. They're not going to be so much for the random schmo to pull out a galaxy and say, hey, come jump in and we're going to go and create a spawn point near this base. It's not going to work that easily. you got to have people that are dedicated to the galaxy, and that's what I'm hoping for. I know we have a couple people in our outfit that are wanting to go galaxy side, and I highly encourage those people to do so. They'll become insanely useful to us. Um, so that's going to be more of a squad outfit kind of thing in my mind. This makes a lot of sense to me because, I mean, like every time I would die, if we we're getting taken over, and rightfully so, I should be spawning, you know, 300 meters away because uh, our place got taken over. If I just wait 30 seconds, somebody's going to land a galaxy right where um, I died, I spawn there, and we're back in it again. So that is kind of unfair. So I'm kind of looking forward to this one. My only concern is the whole biome bases because you had to literally land a galaxy on on them in order to be able to take that thing. I was going to ask that. Can light infantry get up there? Can the jetpacks make it that far up? 
I think it's too high. And maybe if you step yeah. it, I'm not sure. It's too high. There's no way. Okay. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous distance. Yeah, pretty much the only way in now is going to be from those jump pads. Which are normally in the shielded area, aren't they? Uh, Normally, the, they have jump pads off to the side, usually. Oh, I've never seen them. I haven't either. We'll have to experiment, Derek. Okay. Alrighty. So these changes are going to be implemented in, in the, within the next two to three weeks. Which, you know, a lot of it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, it gives the hot drops and the blockade running more tactical relevance, um, other than, you know, just just drive a galaxy in there. And the fact that you can use a Sunderer now as a spawn point is nice. I wish I would have uh, put those um, vehicles from Planets I One, Mike, that were mobile AMS. spawn units, the AMS units. Yep. Those are the best. I wish they would have it in here, too. They didn't but... have very much armor, but when you deployed them, they went cloaked. So they went completely invisible, and they created nothing more than a mobile spawn point. Yeah, they were really nice. They were, they were my favorite, one of my favorite vehicles, but yeah, I, I don't know. We're going to have to see how this works. I think it's a good idea for the galaxy itself, but I still think we're going to be lacking in spawn points now. Yeah. So we'll have to see how, how it works. It, it, it's it's going to make it a lot harder to take a base. A lot harder. I don't think a group of random people are going to be able to go take bases anymore. You're actually going to have to have coordination to be able to do it. I was about to say that that's that's probably exactly why they did it. Because if you're going to be all, everybody's going to be spawning far away, you're going to have to group up and go with the plan instead of just this running and gunning that's yep. been going on. That's exactly it. Which I like. So yeah, we'll see. We'll yeah. see how it works out. Uh, you know, that's the most fun I've had in that game is organized play with people. It's going to increase the longevity of the game too. Because I mean, you can, you know, if that's going to separate from everything else, I mean, you can run and gun in any game. Mm-hmm. But if they get this right. I mean, you know, you'd be playing this years on down the road, and it'd be just as fresh and new. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is our special talking point of the show, and today's is the Noob Guide Part 2, Vehicles. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about really quick before we get into that is I highly recommend changing your vehicle sensitivity to between 70 and 75. The default is 50, which is the same as your your ground and the nice thing about this game is they separate between ground controls and vehicle controls. So when you're in a vehicle, it'll automatically switch your sensitivity to 70 or 75, while when you're on the ground, it goes back to a default of 50. I prefer my default on the ground at 50, but when it comes to controlling vehicles, I found that being between 70 and 75 is ideal. It makes flying and driving a lot easier, as well as manning guns. You can move your gun around quicker and easier. So I highly recommend that. Go into your options and change your vehicle sensitivity to between 70 and 75. I love that they do this. I mean, I accidentally fi- figured this out uh, looking for something else. And uh, for my vehicle, I actually go the opposite way uh, for the guns. I, like, turn it down so I can, like, be more precise. But it would be way too uh, unresponsive for my character. Yeah, I keep it up makes it a lot easier for me, especially when I'm driving a, flying a Scythe and other aircraft vehicles. Mm-hmm. You can turn and maneuver a lot easier with it. And when I'm gunning on, like, um, a Sunderer where you have a full 360 movement firing range, I can pinpoint easily and quickly. When you're in a hot spot, you need that. But that's, you know, personal preference. That's just my recommendation. Derek prefers it um, lower. Mike, Which you is lots of great thing. I actually play mine with default. Uh, I love it that way. 
at least and but I've pretty much only driven the Mag Rider and the ATV, so I had a hard time fly, controlling so. the Mag Rider until I changed it. Until I increased it. Now I have no problems. Yeah, see I can drive the Mag Rider no problem with it that way. It's so easy for me. But I'm used to the Mag Rider. I've been driving that thing since the first game, so Alright, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna go into each vehicle one on one and talk about them. Uh, what we prefer with them, with how we've used them, all that kind of things. We're going to go into detail, as much detail as we can, about each one of these. Um, but first, I want to briefly mention that each vehicle does come with different loadouts, depending on your rake, up to three different loadouts for your vehicles. And the reason why you have different loadouts is because multiple weapons are available depending on the vehicle. So each vehicle yeah. has multiple different weapons that you can be purchased and equipped in different weapon slots. Like if you're a Galaxy Specialist, potentially you're buying up to... They have what four or five weaponers, weapon or gunner spots. I believe it's four. Yeah. Two wing, a tail gunner, and a and a nose gunner. You can be buying four different weapons for that thing, or more, eight, maybe twelve, depending on what you want to do. Like you could set up your wing gunners to be flat cannons, your tail gunner to be a flat gun, your your nose gunner can be a machine gun, a rocket launcher, missile launcher, whatever. So what we're gonna do is we're going to each vehicle. First is the ground vehicles, and the first one I'll mention is the flash. AKA the ATV. It's a one man unarmed vehicle. It's designed for very quick transport. It has little to no armor, and people can be shot directly off of it if you're good aim, which I've done that to plenty of people before. Yes, very shooting satisfying. Them, shooting them right off of their of their ATV. Yes. And the way they make them fly off, oh, it makes you laugh every time. <laughs> it does. I had okay, weapons are available for the flash. You can mount a weapon in between your handlebars. And I had a guy with a machine gun coming at me in my max unit with his ATV firing away at me, tried to ram me, but bounced right off of me. I took two shots, hit the guy in the head, and he went flying off that ATV. Loved it. I had a guy come at me on an ATV or the Flash with a grenade launcher. I didn't even know they had those. Oh, yeah. And, uh, of course, he killed me. Because that thing punched pretty hard. And they have a missile launcher that's designed to be anti-vehicle. So when you think about it, an ATV mounted with some of these weapons can be extremely deadly. It could be because they're extremely fast. They're very fast, very maneuverable. They can go up and down terrain that other vehicles normally can't. And so, yeah, if you get a, a flash that's equipped with a weapon on it, you can be deadly with it. Just be in mind, though, that you're also very vulnerable while driving a, an ATV. And they have the cheapest resources resource costs to spawn one and they have a shorter spawn rate of any other vehicle so if you want a quick way to get around the map it's one of the best ways to do it if you're solo it's one of the most fun too oh yeah it is fun so fast i love just jumping and flying off of cliffs with it and landing without getting hurt i jumped off a cliff flipped in the air landed on my back and died (laughs) (laughs) yeah you would Please don't kill yourself. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to. The next vehicle on our list is the Lightning. Lightning is the one-man tank that is universal between all factions. It is got one central gun, and the default is a lobbing projectile explosive. Again, you could buy multiple different weapons to put on it. I've seen there's a I asked, I watched a Vanu roll by with a four-barrel machine gun. As his main weapon. And he was just plowing through infantry like they were nothing. It was fantastic. That's awesome. Uh, with the perk points, you can increase the armor of a lightning, because they do have very weak armor. And you can increase the control. 
Um, they are very easier. In my opinion, they are one of the easiest vehicles in the game to control. See, I disagree. I have an easier time controlling the Mag Rider than the Lightning. Really? I was going to completely agree because, um, like, I was about to say, Lightning is for someone who doesn't, who can't control anything, hit the Lightning. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I, in my opinion, the Mag Rider is the easiest vehicle. Yeah, I think you're the only person that has that opinion, Mike. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's just because you guys suck at driving. What can I say? I gotta admit, though, I love being Mike's gunner in a Mag Rider because he is good at driving it. And it, so it, it can strafe and all that? I'll, I'll be good at it, too. Uh, lightning the Mag Rider can't. Can't. No, I meant the can't. Mag Rider. We're talking yeah. about. We're talking about the Lightning, the one man tank. No, you were just talking about the fact that he could drive a ma- uh, oh, Mag yeah, Rider, yeah, yeah. Good, and I will be able to. Yeah, it's got. Yeah, that's the one of the few tanks that can do a full strafe on it because it's a hover tank. We'll get that in a second, though. <laughs> uh, so again, it's a very fast tank. I've gotten up to like 95 kilometers an hour on that tank. All on butt down a hill. But again, light armor. A couple shots from infantry that have rocket launchers and your toast. Uh, any comments on the lightning, gentlemen? It's a fun tank. I wasn't saying that it wasn't fun, by the way. I was just saying that's easier for me to drive a mag rider. Oh, the yeah. main reason is with it, it's because I have a hard time controlling the driving aspect of it and the cannon aspect of it at the same time. For me, it, I just get confused and I end up turning the wrong way and running into a tree. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you I that. I, I was going to say that, you know, if if you're solo, it's good, but it is kind of a little, a little awkward. Yeah, I've ran into is. a few rocks trying to shoot somebody before. Yeah, that's the only thing with it is it's just kind of is difficult to get used to doing. I'm sure with time and practice you could, but eh, just give me my big tank. I can run people over if I need to kill them. I think the lightning has one of the mo- most deadly default weapons. The default, the lobbing projectile, that thing can, it, it does splash damage on infantry, can damage tanks very easily, and if you're a good, good, good shot, you can destroy an aircraft with one shot with it. Or two. But you have to be a dang good shot. <laughs> you can equip a lightning with a, a flat cannon, though. So you have a mobile anti-aircraft, and that flat cannon is deadly. It's like having three or four max units with dual flat cannons on the Lightning can take them out quick. But that, so that very And just so everybody knows, the stuff that we say you can equipped with does have to be purchased. Yes. So you're not going to be able to do it right out of the gate. You're actually going to have to play default and then actually save up your Araxium or your, your money and buy the weapons. Exactly. Once you buy them, though, it's a one-time unlock, so you can yeah. switch them out at any time from default to the ones that you purchased. That's for exactly. the whole again why you have multiple loadouts. So you can have one where you have a flat cannon available, so you want to do anti-air in a high anti-air area. You can get the chain gun on there for infantry, taking them out by either running them over and or gunning them down with that massive four-barrel machine gun. <laughs> Those things are awesome. <laughs> All right, and the next is the class-specific two-man beast of a tank. The new sovereignty has the Mag Rider, the Terrain Republic has the Prowler, and the NC has the Vanguard. Uh, Vanguard is the most powerful of the three tanks for more, uh, more, um, what's the one I'm looking for? Damage? More, more punch for your buck, if you will, you know? They, they have the most damage of any of the tanks. They are also the hardest to maneuver with and have the least maneuverability. Uh, Prowler is very maneuverable. Very, it's the smallest of the three tanks. Um, I can't even see the secondary gunner on that thing. I don't know where they hide them. Mm -mm, Yeah, it's tiny. 
That thing looks smaller than a than a Lightning. I have a hard time determining which one's a Prowler and a Lightning sometimes for the, for the yeah. TR. Yep. But it is extremely fast. It's the fastest of the three tanks. Um, the Mag Rider, the Venu, has a very, very powerful main cannon, but it also has the highest maneuverability of any tank. It has you can drive up a sheer cliff. I've done it. Yeah, you can. It's a hover tank. They take less damage when you go one-on-one with one. Um, they just like go right over them, <laughs> so you don't have to worry about collisions as much. Um, yeah. And the Mag Rider can strafe left and right, dodging projectiles. That's my baby. I love that thing. I love it. Um, I've really only had... I've only played the Mag Rider, but I'm assuming it's probably close to the same with the other one. So the certs form is you can uh, increase the armor from each side of the tank. They have different certs for, like, left side, right side, front and back. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming all of them will have that, too. I'm not sure. I need to look into them. And then you can unlock multiple, multiple weapons. Yes, I mean, you there have your secondary gunner weapons as well. Secondary guns. <laughs> Yo, the railgun, I forgot the name of it, but I love that thing. It's one of the most, the second most expensive one you can get. And thing you need is, to figure out the name of it so I can buy it. Yeah, I'll tell you. So like, next time I get in the game, I'll tell you what it is. It's deadly, Mike. I, me and the other guy that was I was writing with who had that weapon up there for me. Yeah, Joe cheated on me. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> We did that for 45 minutes without getting touched. We were just killing things left and right. And I was taking out tanks and infantry like there was nothing. And he had a zoom-in feature. That's what I love about it. Is that yeah. a lot of these weapons, like for you the lightning... You can unlock with certs. And MagRider, you can unlock the zoom feature. So I had it fully zoomed in. I was gunning people probably four or 500 meters away at a base with my with my MagRider secondary gun. It was nuts. <clears throat> What I like about it is, like, somebody else is spinning the cert points, and you get to enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing, is is that this game is very focused on having... is, is The primary focus is multiplayer. So people who spend a lot of time and investment into the multi-person vehicles are going to be the most loved people to be around. I mean... See, but I think we're going to run into an issue here, speaking specifically of that, because you're going to get used to that Zoom thing, and then you're going to in mine which doesn't have it because I haven't dropped any points and you're going to be like what the heck is this <laughs> so well, that's where it's I, different I mean you know I think that's going to be an issue though not necessarily I mean I, I love gunning for anybody but yeah it's nice having the ability to jump into like someone like who Mike who invests a lot of points in the mag rider and has that secondary features I'm going to do be more effective with him than I would be with you for now but I'm going to still gun for you because I'm still going to be effective. The nice thing is that the defaults are still highly effective. You get a machine gun on the top of a mag rider as default, and that thing is that thing is an anti-infantry like you wouldn't believe. I will not be jumping in a gun for you, Keth. Uh, Michael, oh, I'm driving them. I, I don't <laughs> plan on driving a tank very often, so... <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, I'm a pro-secondary gunner, I can tell you that. I've had people friendless me just so I could be a secondary gunner on their vehicle. So already I've had I've jumped in twice and had someone whisper me, "Come, be in my vehicle. I need you to do it again," and I would run over there and do it for him. It was it's so much fun. I get a good driver in some of these multiplayer vehicles, and it's unreal what you can do with it. Uh, the next, speaking of which, is the twelve man ground transport vehicle called the Sunderer. I love these things. I seriously it's... have like a love affair with the Sunderer. <laughs> they're clunky looking, but they're very easy to drive. 
Um, it's 12 seats, so you can drive into your entire squad around. But it only has two gunners. But the Sunderer has insanely good armor. I think it has the best armor of any vehicle except for a Galaxy in the game. They can take hits and keep ticking. If you get a driver and a couple of people that are engineers, you go in there, you go into a hot spot, you do your firing, you drive out, find a quick safe spot, engineers drop out, and within minutes, you're back on the road again fully healed. The two gunner seats are on the top of the vehicle, the front and the rear gunner, and they're full 360 firing range all the way around the vehicle. The only time where you have an issue as a gunner on that thing is when the units are close to the Sunderer because you can't aim down that well. But aiming up and around you is very easy. So that's the one that's the one weak spot of a Sunderer is if you get in close to them, they can't do much to you except for run you over. Could you shoot the other gunner? Yeah, I've done it. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Unlocks for the Sunderer. The repair, rearm, and respawn, and other cool tools like the blockade armor will be able to uh, unlock with certifications. Now, the blockade armor actually allows you to drive through gate shields. Ooh. Ooh. That which makes it useful. a very good breach vehicle. Yeah, that's um, that might take care of the whole worrying about the biome. Definitely. And the jump up. So um, they the repair and rearm feature used to actually be on the Sunderer already, but they actually removed it, and now you have to get them with cert points. Yeah, that makes sense. So, but yeah, I might have to just be a Sunderer, do a Sunderer specialty at some point. I think I'm going to do a Sunderer too, along with my Magrider. I was about to say, I love that thing. I, I think I'm going to probably stick a lot of points in Sunderer. Some of the still, some of the most fun I had was, was with Derek and our friend Cashby. Cashby playing yeah. driving around in a Sunderer, just the three of us. So much blast. fun. If you're going to be a Sunderer, you're going to be in my squad, buddy. <laughs> if I do that. <laughs> my seriously, my love affair when it comes to vehicles is the air combat. I love love piloting. It's very very difficult to do in this game to get used to, especially when you're doing the um, one man air combat vehicles. But it's a, a very good pilot is priceless in this game. And speaking of air, the first is the one man air combat vehicle, and it's different for each class. The Venus Sovereignty has the Scythe, which takes along the same aspect. As I was saying, the, the Scythe, and the, how these uh, air combat vehicles work the exact same way as the two-man tanks for each class. The Scythe has the highest maneuverability of any of the air com- air- aircraft, but it's compromised by a, a lower um, shield, and it's not as fast as the Mosquito. And that's the Terrain Republic, the Mosquito. It's the fastest air vehicle there is, but <clears throat> Again, also very weak armor. Then you have the new conglomerate Reaver. Not as fast as the other two, not as maneuverability, but it's a powerhouse. They come with a punch. Uh, it's very hard for a Sky to go up one-on-one with a Reaver and live to tell the tale. Unless they are good pilots and can maneuver around the Reaver, which is easy enough if you know how to do it. God, those Reavers, I, I swear they have twice as much defense on them. They do. They're powerhouses. They pack a, a punch. too much. They're the easiest of the three to fly because they're not as maneuverable. But, yeah, I think they need to tone down the Reaver a little bit. I mean, I, I'm a good pilot, and going up against the Reaver is still a nightmare for me. And if I have two or three Reavers around me, I'm toast no matter what I do. You get a good Reaver pilot uh, and a good Scythe pilot, I'm kind of leaning towards the Reaver. 
Mm-hmm. Even with the incredible maneuverability of Scythe. Okay, they unlock zero points with a Scythe where you have... Mike, do you have a list of them already? No. All right, well, the Scythe has um, turn radius, it has overall speed, it has um, braking. You, you can insert points into all the um, maneuverability of the Scythe to make it unreal what you can do. I mean, dead stop and mid-flight from going 300 meters a second to constant dead stop. Or 300 kilometers a second to dead stop. And then right back up again. At a fully yes. outfitted Scythe, they are incredible. I was about to say, it sounds like a Reaver would have a zero chance to uh, get against a fully outfitted uh, Scythe. No, they would have no chance. I, I'm willing to bet that a fully outfitted Reaver would have a nightmare against a fully out, out, outfitted Scythe with a good pilot. But by See? default, the Reaver is the gunner, is the powerhouse. See, it sounds to me like I've got my vehicles. I want my little ATV thing, and I want my Scythe to you know, upgrade speed. That's about it, because... If I'm gonna be on the ground sniping, all I need is to be able to get from point A to point B. So I'm I'm kind of excited about all these. Like, yeah. I, if it's got speed, good. Yeah, I need to get there. Scythe I don't care. You know, once I get there, I'm not gonna care about all the weapons and all that stuff. So the top speed of a Scythe by default is 205 kilometers a second. So it's the fastest air air for what you can get. The fastest vehicle, period, except for the Mosquito. The Mosquito by default is something like 250 or something like that. And the Reaver is less than the Scythe, but uh, you can increase the power of it. And each of these aircraft have an afterburner as their specialty, which you hit the shift key, and it deploys your afterburner for a limited time, which will increase, like the Scythe jumps from 200 to 305 during that burst point. Again, weak armor, but they are the air specialist, the combat specialist. And if you get the right weaponry on a Scythe, there's multiple different, and Mosquito and Reaver, there's multiple different weapons you can get. The Hellfire missiles are one of the more interesting ones. They rain down death from above on anything below. If you do a dive bomb with um, Hellfires, anything in your path is dead. Oh, yeah, it's like being in a nightmare. Little things come yeah. down. Um, all right, so the Liberator, this is my favorite of all the vehicles. I don't know why, I just get a kick out of this thing. It's the three-man bomber. It's got a tail gunner and a belly bomber. The belly bomber is down below. That has full view of the ground below the uh, Liberator, and your primary goal is to rain down death from above. And the tail gunner is designed for, you know, vehicle support. You can get a flat cannon eventually for it, which is extremely useful. Uh, The belly bomber has different types of weaponry they can launch. The default is like a simple missile projectile that I think you have five or six in your chamber. Or is it five to eight? Anyway, you can eventually get a... It's kind of like uh, the AC-103, whatever it is. The um, military aircraft that has different guns on it. Anyway, but you can get a machine gun for your tel- your bottom gunner. gunner different kinds of uh, missiles that can just rain down hell depending on what you want to do. Um, there's one in particular that has a, a splash ability that does damaging to both instant death to infantry and can nearly kill any tank out there, but it's extremely expensive. And you only have one or two shots per load. But anyway, a Liberator is not near as fast as the air combat, but they are still pretty fun and they're easy to maneuver. Any comments on them? Um, when I was in the Liberator with you, um, Belly Bomber, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, that was... That was like a trip. That was so <laughs> fun. fun. 
I've um I did one thing once when I had two random people with me and we had an issue of a reaver on top of us. It's literally staying right on top of us. I flipped the entire vehicle over on its belly, flying upside down, and my belly gunner took him out with two shots. That's uh, impressive. So we flipped back around, dove back in, and started doing dive bombing. All right, (laughs) they're maverick. It was crazy. (laughs) All right, the last vehicle we're going to talk about is the Galaxy. It's the 12-man transport on the air. Uh, It used to double as a spawn point automatically, but now... You have to get high into your cert points for it. Um, there are shields that you can deploy with a galaxy as soon as you land by pressing the B key if you're a pilot. It'll deploy shields around you, and they do have a mobile uh, gun console. So you can switch out your classes there from a galaxy. Uh, it has four gunner seats, two wing two wing gunners, a tail gunner, and a nose gunner. So they, they require a lot of protection in the air. Um, usually when... A squad or a platoon has a few galaxies in the air. They'll have mosquitoes and uh, light and liberators around them to protect them. And you can still deploy them as a equipment terminal. All right. Any other uh, comments on these uh, vehicles, guys, before we move on? Well, as a, I'm not sure if this is in effect or if they're thinking about adding it, but it says other possible certifications for the Galaxy slash loadout enhancements include the ability to load a vehicle, have powered hot drop pods, and allow squad members to spawn into the transport while it's in flight. That would be really nice. But it says possible, so I don't know if that means they're in there and you have to unlock mm-hmm. them with certs, or if they're thinking about adding it. We'll have to see. That's interesting. All right. Well, this is, again, beta, so there going to be a lot of changes we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks. We don't know when the game's going to launch. They still haven't released a launch date, but as soon as we find out, we'll let you guys know. They have not announced the launch date. However, on the bottom of the Alpha Squad page, yes, is what I was hoping it says you will. This stuff will be available on or before December thirty first, two thousand twelve. So it should be out this year. <laughs> so we pretty much know for a fact it's going to be out this year. Yeah, we just don't have an exact date yet. So no worried about being having to wait till next year or anything like that. That's encouraging to me. Me too. Me too. I already knew they weren't going to have the game out, you know, like next month. But I was kind of concerned about the February rumor that was floating around. Yeah. Which we know pretty much now that that's not the case. So, All right, we have three emails that we've been saving up. This is the first episode we decided to do emails. And our first comes into us from Brokes. He says, hey, Widget, Mike, and Keth. Now, Derek, I just listened to episode two of Planet Side Off the Record, and you mentioned joining the Grievance Guild, and I was just wondering if there would be a way for people under 18 like myself to join the guild if you do guild with them. Because if I'm not mistaken, Grievance Guild is an over-18 guild. So what I'm really trying to ask is, there any way I can be in one of your platoons or squads and not be in the guild? Okay, great work on the podcast, guys. Keep it up, bros. Well, I got good news is we're not going to team up with Grievance because of that one problem. We have a lot of fans of the show that are under the age of 18, and we don't want to let anybody out of the fun. So we're going to be doing a squad specifically just Quest Gaming Network that, or, yeah, not squad, but um, outfit. Outfit. And we will be inviting all the fans of of our network into that outfit automatically. So you'll be able to join us. Some of the best players I know are 16 and 17, so. (laughs) That's because they don't have jobs. They have time to play all day. Yeah. True. All right. Next email. Derek, why don't you get this one? 
Okay. Hey guys, started listening from episode one and is an amazing and informative podcast. Keep up the great work. Anyway, as an avid sniper in every FPS I've ever played since the original Medal of Honor, I have a question about sniper mechanics and sniper rifles in general of Planetside. I believe I heard that bullet drop and wind shear affects trajectory in this game. Is that true? Also, what are the differences of the sniper rifles between factions? Does the Vanu beam weapon uh, not have to worry about physics acting on the projectile? What about the Terran Republic sniper rifle since they, since the play style of the faction was called spray and pray? I can't imagine an automatic sniper rifle that fits in the description as it seems inherently unsniper like. As in the new, new conglomerate sniper rifle, like shooting the uh, 50 cals of other games. Any info and examples from any source would be awesome. Thanks, guys. Jared. Well, Jared, there are a couple things about this. Um, the new conglomerate sniper rifle is a single round, um, bolt action, one shot kill wonder. If you're not a heavy armor or a um, max suit, you're going to get one shot kill with those things. But the, I believe. The NC and the TR do play into some of the physics. I'm not 100% sure on that. That's just what I've heard. I know that the Vanu does not. They are a semi-automatic rifle. They are the weakest of the three snipers, but they have an extremely high accuracy. I've noticed that when I'm doing extremely long-range shots, they actually have to aim lower than my target because the projectile tends to rise a little bit. I don't know if you've noticed this, Derek. I have noticed this, and it's really thrown me off. And I think this is why I got away from Infiltrator, just because it, it went against everything I've ever done. And uh, um, but I'm sure you know a little practice it would do that. But yeah, I've, I've experienced that also. I know that the TR have a semi-automatic sniper rifle as well. It's kind of a cross between what the the NC power and with the Venus accuracy. And I do believe they are affected by the drop as well. I will have far more information about this next week. There you go. We'll have Keth on it and trying it out for you guys. All right. Third email, Keth. Hey, guys. Love the podcast. My question is, how easy will it be to join an outfit, and does the game have its own inbuilt system for a player to create slash join an outfit for ease of use? Thanks, DJ. This is interesting. It's actually extremely easy to make an outfit in the game. Uh, it's, it was kind of a two-button process for me to make the QG an outfit. Uh, you have to be invited into the outfit, just like you would any other MMO out there. But I'm pretty sure you ask around, and you'll get in easily enough. I mean, you get in the game and message me, and I'll get you right in. It's a simple invite. And it's extremely easy and, and intuitive to use. They're, they've been improving it nonstop for the last few weeks, so it's not exactly a final thing yet. But from what they have right now, it's still very easy to use and get people in. I have people in within seconds. The only thing that bothers me about it is you can't invite people who are offline. They have to be online to be invited. Yeah, that's kind of bad because um, kind of like the whole Mike situation, he's not in. I believe you're um, an officer in the outfit, Derek. So if, like, if you saw Mike on and I wasn't there, you can get him in. And so you just go to your friends list and you just click on the arrow Some, uh... and invite the outfit. Hmm? Oh, well, Mike? You just broke up really bad. Oh, I did? Yes. Yeah, you just got out there for a minute. Yeah, uh, I heard it too. It was fine on the recording, so that's what counts. Uh, that'll <laughs> work. Uh, I just had a question. Can you do... Can you create custom, like, uh, officers and stuff like that? Yes. Ah, cool. Okay, good. Sweet. 
I, mean, get, we're gonna, I, get an, I get an awesome name then. We're probably going to be separating <laughs> the officers by their specialty, such as like ground unit, aircraft, vehicles, that kind of thing. I want mine just as number two. <laughs> <laughs> you would. That's it. Just number two. I know. What was what was mine in uh, the other game? <laughs> Which game? Oh, pew pew. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> okay, that's funny. Sorry. Off and topic. our final thoughts of this show, guys. <laughs> I'm ready to go get in the game. What about you guys? Oh, oh uh, smoke break, and then I'm right behind you. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to start my uh, update right now. My yeah, end. and we did check while you were uh, stepped away earlier there, Joe. The yeah. servers are up. Yeah, I'm seeing that in the chat room. Swedgen's like, "Woo, I got a bronze medal." Jealous. Yeah, saw that. <laughs> we're also going. I gotta get in there and calm down my shakes. <clears throat> Mike, your final thoughts of the evening. Uh, just can't wait to update this game and get in and start shooting people. Fair enough, Derek or Keth. Sorry. Uh, I, I'm excited. I'm playing now. Let's let's go. <laughs> Derek, show over. Um, yeah, I can't wait to jump in there. I'm excited that our uh, our war points have jumped around. You know, make new changes. Find out what I'm gonna do now. Nice. All right, our iTunes shoutouts. U.S. We have Vampire Clean, Canada Glass Spire, and in New Zealand, Kinesis or C Y N I S S. It's Nissis. Nissis, I believe, is how we finally decided to pronounce his name. Fair enough. Thank you for your five-star reviews. They are extremely valuable to the show. Keep them coming, gentlemen and ladies. How to reach us and the host stuff. Mike? How to reach the show. You can reach us at our website at planetsideofftherecord.com or through our portal, questgamingnetwork.com. The email for the show is planetsideofftherecord at gmail.com and our Twitter is at planetsideofftr. That's at planetsideoftr. You can talk to us individually on Twitter. Joe is at author J.R. Wilson. I am at Insane Hero. That's H-I-R-O. Derek is at Subprota. That's Subprota. And Keth is at Keth Gaming. If you can't spell gaming, you're crazy. <laughs> One M. No, it's two. the Keth that nobody can spell. <laughs> oh. Keth is K-E-T-H, just so you know. Uh, Keth also wants a shout out to his YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash Keth Gaming. Go check it out. He has some crazy videos on there. All right. And, and you can rest assured that there will be planet side videos coming very soon for both, uh, <laughs> my YouTube channel and, uh, most likely our, uh, our QGN. Yeah, you're welcome to, to have access to that. All right. Really quick, um, my in-game name, if you want to friend me, is Widget, W-I-G-I-T. Derek, yours is? Origin, A-R-R-A-J-I-N. Mike? Well, currently they changed my name, so it's Tyranix01. If they did a character wipe, though, hopefully I'll just have Tyranix again. So it's T-E-R-A-N-Y-X. And Kath, you know what yours is going to be yet? Um, Kath of some port. form. Uh, probably Kath, Kathis, Kath, Kathias. All right, Kath too Well, next week we'll let you guys know what his <laughs> in-game name is. But for right now, that's what we got. You can friend me. At wi- or friend me widget and I will accept it and get you into the outfit and get squatting and platooning with you and having a great time alright gentlemen we're going to wrap up the show really quick uh, Planetside Off the Record is a Quest Gaming Network production in association with Middle Earth Network and I just want to say let's go pew pew yay pew uh, pew 
<laughs> Adios, amigos. Um, I'm ready to jump in and show Kev how to get ran over by a tank. Oh, I'm not going to have any problem with that. <laughs>